Welcome back. We are here with Connect with Friends, uh, part two of our uh, great talk. Um, if you caught us uh, a couple of days ago, uh, we had a good part one of the social injustice that we are uh, talking about. Um, just to keep up and gather everybody, uh, keep up with the speed, we uh, left off on the question, what can you do about social injustice? Um, and we had so many uh, great, great responses to this question. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, um, we ran out of time. And so um, today we're going to just pick up about, I want to pick up from a, um, from a point where it was made. Uh, once again, I am joined with Celeste from Gallup. Uh, I have Savannah from Hawaii. I have Albert from, um, or Toya, Toya, um, Toa. Uh, Toa, I'm sorry, I'm liking the, I keep butchering his name sometimes, Toa from um, Albuquerque, uh, Joel from um, Gallup area, I believe, um, and Thomas, South Dakota. Um, um, and I'm Andre from, uh, I work in um, Ignacio, Colorado. Um, and we want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this, uh, we're going to pick off, um, I, I found a little points. Um, I, think, I believe everybody made a point. Celeste, I know she did. Uh, Savannah. Um, and a lot, uh, Thomas made us a point about Earth, about the nature of um, they we talked about the connection between the earth and what's going on right now and I definitely want to uh, pick up from there and then move forward from there so the question that I would like to talk about would be um, it is said that what befalls the earth befalls the people in this is this relevant to what we are going through now. The question is, is it, it said that, um, that what be, uh, befalls the earth, befalls the earth, befalls the people, or befalls the people in this, is this relevant? Um, I'm gonna let you take a couple of seconds to think about that. And um, let's start off with Celeste. Celeste, um, <laughs> What do you think about that question? What befalls the earth yep. befalls the people. Yep. I think it's, you know, it, it, I feel like it's true. Um, and, and I feel like now that this whole pandemic has happened, you know, there has been studies or people have been showing or cities have been showing like, um, low pollution levels in like the bigger cities, like where they actually have clear breathing air. Um, it, it, it's nice that the people get to see that when there's less of vehicles going or less action happening in the world, like the earth has time to breathe. And and then I heard also, and maybe uh, Savannah can speak of this, of here in Maui that uh, they're actually seeing a lot more ocean life 
in in the waters or you know like they're seeing things um that haven't been seen in a long time i mean just hearing people talk about that so i feel like the earth finally gets to breathe finally gets a break uh from all of us polluting so yeah i, I believe that that is true okay uh let's hear about some uh let's kick it to savannah yeah, um, I love the the break that we've had specifically from tourists and the way the beaches are looking like how they did 50 years ago, how the coral reefs are making a comeback and a lot of species are making a comeback and it has to do with the uh, boats are not heading out to certain areas as frequently because we all took a break. And then I think about, um, I saw the Venice Canal was blue and there were dolphins in it. And Italy hasn't seen that since they started their little boat tours. And um, I think that what we as humans do is such a huge reflection upon the earth. And then the earth is always just reflecting back how we're treating her. And just that, that rest was so important. And I really hope that as we move forward, that we can start making more changes towards environmental awareness and consciousness so that, you know, we don't take three steps forward and 10 steps back, but, um, I really like that quote. I went and I Googled the rest of it. And it says, um, if men spit upon the ground, they spit upon themselves. This we know, the earth does not belong to man. Man belongs to the earth. And I think that's such a beautiful sentiment and something that I, I wish a lot of our people could um, understand and follow too. And our, something I hope that everybody can learn to understand and follow. Well, thank you for that. Uh, what about you, Tilla? Uh, well, we get taught in cycles. So understanding that, you know, um, we don't control anything, just, you know, our emotions and those things are our, our own medicine wheels. Um, so everything comes in waves and cycles you know in seasons and time and it's just about learning to endure inside of it ultimately a lot of people think about themselves and then kind of branch out from there where as we are taught to um, think about everybody else and then come back to ourselves so that you know generosity and um, those kind of things are easier to give and uh create that better kind of positiveness in the world. But then, um, then again, you know, a lot of times it's, it's that imbalance that kind of stirs up everything. So it's learning from what's going on around you and then adapting to it and then helping to create that next healing process. Cause a lot of times when disasters and things like that happen, um, the immediate response is to rush in and there's times where you need to rush in and then there's times where you need to take a step back and see what's going on and then 
apply it to how you can help in those different areas. And again, it comes back to that, just that holistic way of thinking, mind, body, spirit, and environment. And those all are intertwined. And then that becomes your own energy that you're giving out. And based on that energy is what you get back. So, you know, um, that's why you give more because it comes back to you, you know, um, tenfold. So, you know, you just rely on your prayers and everything that's going on, but it's also the practice of it. So a lot of the teachings and the um, resiliency skills and the stories that we have now were how our ancestors dealt with what was going on. So now it's our turn in the process of the cycles. We're just creating our own stories inside there. So that's why you always want to add that love, that compassion, that tolerance from others and those kind of things because when it gets passed down and what you gave to your family, to your community, to your people, to other people, it, it's just, you know, that good energy. And ultimately, that's what carries you. And that's how good finds you. So when you're behaving good and creating that good energy, you know, all, all those other prayers and things that people put out into the universe find you faster, as well as your prayers to that, too. So, and then it's in discipline. So, you know, just learning um, the planting season. So um, the planting of something, getting something started, then nourishing it, then harvesting, and then preserving. So those constant cycles are at least how you keep knowledge and every, you know, people have their different ways of interpreting it. But ours is a lot more to do with the planting seasons because you got to, you got to put something in the earth to get back from it. But in doing that, everything around it is helped from the animals, the varmints, the ants. So it's, you know, not using the pesticides and things like that, but ultimately going out there and moving around the different plants that are going to help each other. And, you know, and that just ties you back. But then there's also other avenues, the forests, the rivers, the oceans, the hills, the mesas, the mountains. There's so many different things to go to to get reconnected that you know there's there's not any excuse for not being connected to the earth because it's all around us you know and and usually uh well that's enough for now but yeah you know it's it's just that interconnectedness we have with one another and with the environment that helps us mentally and spiritually and physically so it's just keeping with the cycles and staying within your own medicine wheels based on your traditional teachings. That's awesome, man. Um, thank you for sharing that. I love talking to you about uh, some stuff like this because you always bring it back to the medicine wheel and your directions. And I love that. I, I think that's awesome. I, I definitely want to change and get back into um, what we were talking about yesterday uh, with the protests. Um, the BLM matter uh, movement. Um, so we had the protests, right? And I don't know if you guys are, I'm pretty sure everybody's, I, I don't know if you're on top of news and all that. Um, but there is a, um, a, I guess, I don't want to say, um, I guess a movement or maybe people wanted to um, do something about the police. Um, 
I think defund defund the police or whatever. Um, I think that's what it's called. Um, my question to you is this: Giving today's today's as of today, since it's uh, July second to twenty twenty, uh, what do you where do you stand on um, on that notion of people want to get rid of the police? And I'm not saying like uh, you know. We know that there is some good cops, um, and there's some bad cops. Let's just be honest. Um, and you know, um, where do you stand? Do you think that um, with the with everything that happened in 2020, 2019, 18, 17, 16, in <laughs> years, we can go all the way back to years. You know. Um, uh, in the 50s and the 60s and 40s and just the police brutality and this, the violence. And understand that, yes, police, um, being a police officer is very hard. I don't think it's an easy job. I don't think that it's something that you should take lightly. Um, you are um, pretty much, um, our taxes pay for your job, basically. And you are policing us and... Sometimes there's nobody, in many cases, there's nobody to police the police, right? So my question to you is, are you, what do you feel we should go on from, from January, uh, July 2nd and forward? Do you feel like there should be some kind of law, um, maybe a reform of the police, um, how they are trained? Do you think that's going to work? Do you think that's something that needs to be done? Do you think that... Um, and I know in Minnesota, when I'm in Minneapolis, while all this is happening, um, they're talking about um, the police force getting rid of that. Um, do you think that's a good thing, bad thing? Um, I want to dig, dig in. I definitely want to see both sides. I want to get. I'm not a cop. I'm not a police officer, but I think um, let's try to look on a different side. Um, on that so um, I haven't heard from Joel yet um, so Joel <laughs> um, what do you think about the the stance of the police office uh, the police um, force do you feel like um, it's a good thing to um, get rid of police force or what do you think should happen what the protocol should happen from um, going forward Think you're on me. <laughs> okay, am I good to go? Okay. Um, well, I feel like for the most part, uh, most policies probably need to change within the police force. Um, I'm not sure about you know like abolishing the entire system, only because you know not all policemen are bad. Like uh, like you said, like uh, everybody, what everybody's saying. Um, it's just the the few bad apples that get uh, screen time on, you know, network television, national television. Um, and I feel like as a society, we need to look beyond, you know, what we see on the screen, uh, what the media tells us to, you know, to look at, to believe. And I, um, 
I, I feel like there should be restrictions on uh, certain weapons they carry, um, certain practices that you, they use to uh, detain, you know, people who obstruct justice. America being in jail. And, uh, no, more training about how to be sympathetic and empathetic with the, maybe the community you serve in. So you think policy should be changed, not all, not getting rid of anything. Um, yeah. Is it not like a catch-22? <laughs> like you want, um, I, I saw something on um, I, Facebook, and it's kind of weird. I know you can't really uh, believe everything you see or hear on Facebook. <laughs> but uh, this cop, he said um, it was a protest to get rid of, you know, there was protesting to get rid of his job, but the question too was they requested police officers to be there. <laughs> so it's just like, you can't really, um, you know, I know that times are hard. You, I mean, people are frustrated and things need to change. Let's not forget about that. Things do need to change. Um, but I see the irony of the whole thing. Um, you want to get rid of a system that has done wrong to many, many people of different backgrounds. Um, but then at the same time, you want them to protect you <laughs> so you can <laughs> protest against them. Uh, it's a, it's an America that if that's not America, I don't know what that is. You know, it's kind of, it's, 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 a, it's an ugly, beautiful truth that we have, right? It's an ugly, beautiful truth. Uh, let's get Thomas involved in this. Uh, Thomas, do you have any thoughts about this topic? Um, I guess my thoughts, they're, I'm kind of like on both sides. I sympathize with those that actually have, you know, follow the work ethic, follow their training. You know, my sister has been an officer. Um, she worked over at... Colorado Springs, uh, and she worked over at uh, Pueblo, so she was a, you know, went to the State Academy, and now she works for the BIA over in um, Wind River Country, and uh, right before I started working with um, NLILP, I, uh, I used to work in um, law enforcement, but I was, you know, I was a ranger, and so I was, you know, patrolling like beaches and making sure everyone had their permits and you know kind of pretty much a game warden out in the wild but you know so I sympathize with that side of the uh, spectrum but you know officers they are trained to de-escalate certain situations and um, kind of like what I've seen on those videos and there's a lot of videos out there that that show like the bad side of like a lot of the police officers, they're, you know, they're, they're not de-escalating those situations. They're getting really, they're, they're going further. They're letting their anger get in the best of them. They're, they're trained to handle those types of situations. So I think, like, the, they need to really change, like, the police academies, the trainings. They need to be more, like, strenuous, more strict with, with handling 
those types of situations, it's almost like they like their anger gets the best of them, and then they start lashing out. But I, I seen it before, you know, when I I used to work in with the police officers down in Nevada. But I think I agree with Joel with policy changes. Um, there has to be more changes in the policy. Um, I'm I'm not an expert. Um, on that area, I can only speak my opinion, but I also think like social media, like uh, only pertains to a lot of the bad and negative um, videos out there, whether it be law enforcement, or whether it be protest. There's a lot of negativity on it, and you rarely see all the you know good stuff happening. There is like good police officers actually doing good work out there. Um, they're playing, you know, I seen one video where this, these officers stopped and they they got a complaint from these these uh, children from playing basketball on the street and these officers came and then they started shooting around with them and stuff like that. And they came back again. This time they brought Shaquille O'Neal. Like he was playing basketball with them in the street. And so they had the police officers playing basketball with, you know, those children. And you can really like see the positivity from that. And I think a lot of the community engagement with um, the law enforcement. And I, that's one thing I really like about Rapid City is that the cultural responsive and the responsiveness that comes with, you know, a lot of the situations that happen, they're, they're really responsive. And um, I really like that. Um, I think a lot of uh, law enforcement agencies are starting to change that way of thinking and being more responsive to what's happening out there. A lot of negative stuff. So that's just my take on it. Nice. Um, you said something that I definitely have a question um, about. Um, but before I move on, does anybody else have something to say about this topic? About uh, the police? Okay, Savannah, go ahead. Um, I, I love what everyone else said. I just wanted to add... Um, and the topic of defunding the police. That sounds probably a little more radical until you think about the fact that we have been defunding education and human services programs for years and perhaps <clears throat> allocating, I'm sorry, I have very disruptive cats. Um, Perhaps allocating some of those resources towards uh, public education, towards mental health services, um, community outreach, working on various other things like homelessness, um, all these other issues that perhaps the police would not be needed to be called in so many situations if we had more um, positive things going for our communities, better resources, education. Uh, maybe instead of people calling the police on homeless people, we have um, mental health specialists who go out and respond to those calls, or we have better um, options for those people, or um, people who are suffering from addiction. If we change the stigmatization of that being a crime to that being a health issue, and then we can give those people the actual help that they need instead of creating more arrests or creating more civil unrest within them. Um, I think, like I said last time, money talks. And I think where our money goes, especially as taxpayers, could 
provide a lot of change. So I am for defunding the police and funding education and programs like ours so that we can be a preventative measure to the youth that will grow up and be um, productive and um, contributing members of society. Uh, anybody else? Okay. Um, Thomas, you said something about culture. Um, and we all was talking about this, but I wanted to know. I don't know if we talked about it yesterday, but I don't think we did. And I would like everybody to answer this. Um, I know that um, just a lot of people don't see what I'm seeing right now. We have a lot of diversity on this screen. Um, and I just want to know... Um, what does your culture says um, about, like, how's it helping you in these times? Like, um, or, or what does your culture have to say? I mean, is it, so how does it support you? Um, do they have, you know, say, old sayings or something that you can go back and say, you know what, this is what my people did before me? And this is how we are going to get over this hump right now that we are in this society. Um, I think that uh, people probably should know, um, you know, we talk about history. You know, what does your history or your culture say? What, what, I know that's deep, and, I, um, and there's a lot of stuff that has happened, but I just want to know where, specifically what does your culture say. For instance, for my culture, it would be, I would definitely look at Martin Luther King. Um, and how he did the peaceful protesting and walking and um, doing the civil rights. And, you know, his big thing was he had a dream or we shall overcome. And then you also look at a different person of Malcolm X where he's, you know, by any means necessary. And where he's more of more um, doing than he's, I'm not saying more violent, but he was more of, uh, let's take action rather than peaceful action. And now you have um, you have leaders and and they're talking and saying, you know, let's uh, it's we're tired of talking. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a it's a new point now of talking. Now it's we've been asking for years and you know this is going on. Um, we want we want justice now. You know. Um, there's no, we're done talking. So my question to you is, what does your culture um, have to say? And when you answer this, could you please give me your background, you know, where you're from, um, stuff like that, um, so people understand where you're coming from. And um, I would like to start that off with Celeste, if you can bless us with some wisdom. Yeah, it's a good morning. So I'm Celeste uh, from the Dine Nation, Navajo Nation. You know, when I look, uh, just just learning about our history, um, I think it's more about re relationships. You know, Toa has talked a little bit, and and Thomas has talked a little bit about relation building, relation the medicine wheel. Uh, they were all brought upon is before meeting another. So you got to think about like this whole immigration and that's another topic, but you know, hearing about the trading of here in the Southwest, 
Um, we find, you know, down at, in Canyon de Che, you find different things from South America or Mexico or up north. Like there was so many trading happening. And when you think about it, our people didn't go into violent battle just right then and there. It was all about exchanging gifts. It was about exchanging resources, getting to know these people. Yes, there were riots with other tribes, but there was reasoning and purpose. And there was reasons of why they would, you know, fight. Um, but it was just firsthand of like, what, what can we share with, do with each other? Um, and so I feel like it was really about building relationships, getting to know the people first, knowing who they are, knowing where they're from. Uh, one of the big questions that I've learned growing up is instead of like, give me your career or your knowledge background, it's always, where are you from? Who, who's your parents? Like, how did you grow up? And, you know, I feel that's really important and talking about different cultures. And, and that's kind of how I grew up and just knowing about our stories and knowing about traveling um, to other places. The little that I know with like the Pacific Northwest tribes and the Hawaii tribes, like they traveled, they voyaged from island to island. Like they knew people in New Zealand to people like when I talk to the elders in the Pacific Northwest, they talk about their stories of how they met uh, people from Asia and how they had people from the Hawaii islands come and exchange in that way. And whereas with us in the Southwest, like I said, it was like traveling from South America to all the way across into the Asian islands. I mean, there was so much cultural exchange and no word of like you're going beyond you're going into my territory that's your territory it was just all sharing resources because we all appreciated the environment it was all like taking care of this environment okay that's awesome uh, relationships and I like how you brought um, how did you grow up who's your parents I think that's very um, this I mean, that's a question of its own right there, you know. Um, mm -hmm. With all this uh, protesting and race, and let's just talk about, it, like, racism. Is that, um, I think we know the answer, but um, is, that, uh, is that something that was, is it um, hereditary? Is race, and I thought about this. Like, is racism hereditary? If you, if your father, let's just say, let's just let's come out. If your father and your mother's race is racist, um, is it hereditary? Is it, um, is it something like, you know, is it just because your mom and dad is that you know they're racism or they're racist and then they, or is it hereditary? Um, I think we know the answer. And I'm not going to say we, we all know everything. I think we know the answer. I think I would say no. But who knows? I mean, that's something that science we should, we should talk about. Um, is racism, I, I believe racism is learned. If you look at babies and you look at young, young kids, that's why I love kids so much because they're so innocent. And you have that ability to shape that person or, um, in, in a positive way. 
You know, you can be, you can be positive. You can be a positive light in that young person's life. Um, and, um, and you can just be there and help that person be a great human being. Um, let's keep on going, though. I definitely want to hear from everybody from, you know, because we have different uh, backgrounds, people from different tribes and just backgrounds. So let's just go with, uh, I'm just going back and forth on my screen. So it'll be Savannah next. Um, again, um, what is your culture? I know you live in Hawaii. And, and what is that culture saying about right now about the support? Or is, your, is the culture in Hawaii supporting what's going on? Um, or they're not? Could talk about that. Um, it's it's a mixed response. I um, I am a part or I follow uh, Kanaka Twitter, which is the Hawaiian activists of Twitter, and they are very strongly in support. They're very intersectionally supporting all oppressed people. Um, and they're also uh, tackling other issues of racism. Like um, besides African-Americans, there's a lot of racism towards Micronesians in Hawaii. For what reason, I do not understand because all Pacific Islanders have experienced similar kinds of um, uh, unjust things like uh, the Micronesians Islands have been bombed, just like our islands have been bombed for science or practice or whatever the reasons were. Um, so I would say it's mixed. There are a lot of people in support. I think a lot of people are uneducated about the situation and it provides good opportunities to um, discuss why these issues matter, but um, as far as like the culture, I think our culture has um, has steered away from what it traditionally was, which was a more of a communal mindset. Um, before Hawaii became a state and it was a monarchy, the lands were operated in ahupua'as, which was uh, they basically divided the land from mountain to sea into little slivers. And then everybody who lived in that sliver of land had different responsibilities. Those further up in the mountain were hunters. Those more in the middle maybe were weaving or doing other things. And then those towards the sea were fishermen. And then everyone came together and collectively shared everything that they had with everybody so that everybody ate, everybody had shelter, everybody was provided for. But um, with capitalism and with tourism, our culture has shifted more into we go to work, we provide for our families. Um, and if you can't do that for whatever reason, that sucks for you. And um, I know that there are, there are a lot of Hawaiians who want to restore the Hawaiian kingdom and the culture and move more back into communal-based living. Um, there are a lot of people talking about moving into sustainable farming, us learning how to grow our own food because we cannot keep depending on imports because that will run out. And when that runs out, our islands are pretty 
um, we're not in a good position because we depend a lot on imports. So we're trying to move towards, um, move back towards the, the ways of the past, but um, with the presence of tourism and how heavily our economy depends on it, it's gonna take a lot of restructuring. And I'm sorry if that goes a little off topic of what the first question was, but um, no, you're good. I would say that's where Hawaii is. There are a lot of really Pono people who are um, fighting for everybody, everyone's rights. And um, with the mindset that we're not free until we're all free. So I like to stand with those people and um, learn from them. And yeah. Awesome. Um, I love the idea of the uh, community living. Uh, I always, I uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, I was <laughs> playing video games with my friends, and I said, "Hey, man." You know, what if there was no money? Like, what if, like, think about that. Like, what if there's no money? And how you get things is pretty much you just go to the store or you go to a car dealership. You say, hey, I want this car. And they'd be like, all right, fine, you know, have it. And how you, and it's like, you don't have to pay for it. It's um, it's just a thing. It's a material thing that, um, unfortunately, um, I do. There's always the saying: there's two things that you always got to you know for life that's gonna happen: pay taxes and you might have to die. But when you pass away, you can't take your five thousand dollars, you know, your half a million car with you, right? And so my idea was: what if there's no money? Like, what if there's like no money? Who says that you have to have money? Because money is just, a, if you look at it, it's a piece of paper that is, is, is just a piece of paper. I mean, I, I'm trying to think that way. It's just like, what if we didn't have money? And what if people, and then, you know, people, it wouldn't be a, oh, you're poor or you're rich and stuff like that. Um, but that's just me going off a different subject in my mind. Um, Toa, uh, have not heard from you Um and I know that you are deeply, um, you're always coming with some deep, <laughs> some deepness with your, uh, from San Felipe. So please bless us with that, please. Well, um, over here, it's more the endurance, just mm -hmm. building yourself to endure. So preparing for worst case scenarios, preparing, preparing for best case scenarios, but also keeping yourself busy. So a lot of what we do down here in the Southwest New Mexico area with our tribal communities is all of our Pueblos are linked together. So when you talk about the barter system or the no money, we already have that trade route that's ready to go and it goes clear into Canada. It's just a matter of um, remodeling Chaco Canyon and the other spots that were used for that very reason. You know, there's there's different trade routes that come through here that stretch all the way to South America. So there's different systems that have been, you know, around and everything. And this is just another one of those cycles that's running its course. So, you know, all cycles, all, you know, storms, all seasons have their best and their worst. It's just um, finding a way to endure through it. So, again, you know... Um, with our tribal communities, a lot of what's being um, talked about is just being sure 
to check in on one another. So it's Shrami Hopa. So think about everybody and everything. So again, you know, we have our feast days down here in the Southwest. And so our calendar starts in, you know, with May 1st and it follows all the corn dances as the planting season and the summer season is progressing into the harvest season, into the winter with the preservation and the different stories that come in those. And a lot of those stories are the different visitors that have always come through our area. So whether it's through the trade routes that have happened or just the cycle of how people came into our area, into New Mexico, into the Southwest Rio Grande Valley, you know, it's just a matter of keeping the homes secure and loving with those different things that have protection over them, whether it's uh, traditional or spiritual, mental, physical, there's all kinds of things that a home needs in itself to be ready for visitors. And a lot of what we're working on now is just that mindset. How do we prepare for the this virus, this time to cycle through these, um, whatever's going on in the world to cycle through, and then those visitors will come back through. So again, you know, not all visitors are well-intended so again, you know, keeping your protections close and just waiting for what's coming because, you know, not all of us are going to go into that fight, but we're going to have members from our community join as part of those different fights and those different battles. But what do they have to come back to is ultimately what we're working on because with our communities, we're stewards of the land. So it all comes back to, you know, our main purpose, which is to take take care of the land. And as people get that motivation or, you know, they have those um, times where they're ready for war, you know, sometimes it's a mental war, sometimes it's a physical war, spiritual wars, all those different things. You know, we've had um, our community members up with Standing Rock, you know, they're one of our community members from San Felipe, his name's Brendan Nastasio. Um, when uh, the gentleman pulled the AR-15 on the protesters, um, again, it's a peaceful protest um, out in Standing Rock, and the gentleman pulled an AR-15 out and was pointing it at everybody. So in, you know, the worst case scenario would have been somebody was going to be shot or everybody was going to be shot at that day, but he was able to talk him down, and again, it was just reconnecting him. They followed him. Um, he started backing away, and he backed into the water, you know, and then they told him, you know, don't do that in water, you know, <laughs> water's pure, you know, don't bring that anger and stuff. They talked him down. They were able to get the weapon away from him and teach him a lesson. And the lesson was just simply, you know, there's places for for different things. And to keep those things in those areas is what, you know, our disciplines help with. But when chaos and things like that happen, you know, those things come out of those areas. But you can always recycle back by, you know, asking for forgiveness or um, allowing forgiveness to happen. That's why love, compassion, those kind of things are so essential because those are pathways to healing. So as everybody's healing, uh, it's, it's, it's a matter of knowing what your area is. So when you were talking about the law enforcement things um, with our tribal officials, our tribal police force um they don't just get put into those positions. They start off as assistants. Way down to when they were younger kids, 
And then as they get, even our governor, our, our uh, fiscalis, our war chiefs, the ones that hold our church, the ones that hold our traditional calendars, they don't just be, get given those positions through our traditional practices. They're appointed and they, um, but it's a limit. So, you know, not everyone's going to be governor, but those that are, are embraced by the community to help them in those decisions. And it's always, you know, that kind of mindset is fall back on your community because that's what's your base. That's what's holding you down. And as community members, learning what those disciplines are mentally, spiritually, physically, and environmentally. So that when we do have, you know, visitors coming back again, or we go, you know, on our own journeys, we're able to come back to the same thing that's always been here time in memorial, which is our language, our stories, our lands, our practices, and our cultural calendars. So um, again, it's, it's, it's just feels like it's a cycle that's running its course, it's hitting its bumpy roads, and all those that are affected by it are raising their hands saying, I need help. So as community members, it's, you know, offering that, you know, how can I help you rather than this is what I think we should do is kind of that mindset is how do I offer my help? Well, I need help in this area. Okay, I I don't have experience in that area, but I know someone that does. So again, it's that interconnectedness, finding the connections, making them and helping them to, you know, preserve what's uh, most important to them. And a lot of our communities, that's what it is, is the traditional practices, the language preservation and the cultural cycle that we're all going through because it doesn't stop. So it's, you know, keeping that in track. And then as we're able to help, you know, and people are reaching out their hands or their words to call on us, then it's sitting down. But in the meantime, um, a lot of efforts we have as tribal programs in our community in San Felipe, it's starting that discussion with those that are in our community because you can only start from the middle and then expand out. So within our community, you know, learning what, um, issues that we have going on with ourselves because, you know, you, you can't just say things. You got to walk the, walk the walk, walk the talk and all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, you're not, you know, being hypocritical of anything that you're putting on other people. So again, you know, with our tribal programs, we're discussing with our own community members that might feel that putting that, you know, that question out there about racism or, social injustice and there's things that come up but you know again it's letting them vent and then taking away from it the information that's going to help us to move forward and um, making sure to note those negative things that are keeping us back as well because you know you're always in between that negative and that positive that's why your prayers you know that were said before you push you up uplift you and then the prayers that you say bring you back down and that's what puts us into that physical realm so that's why we stay on that wavelength so it's just stay in balance awesome man i appreciate that um just looking at our time i know that some of us have to go um but i just before we go i definitely uh want to pose this question to you guys and uh it could be very quick um with everything that's going on so we, for the people that just talked, and I'm sorry I didn't get to everyone, but um, we talked about relationships with each other, how, um, how did you grow up, um, community living, cycles, being prepared, 
Um, with all that's going on right now, with uh, COVID, uh, protesting, the racism, uh, killer bees, bad weather, fires. Uh, well, we have killer hornets, not bees. Uh, fires going on. I feel like I want to uplift somebody, right? So with just a couple quick uh, words, um, I wanted to know what it would be your advice of encouragement. Advice of encouragement to not only to your to your community, to the youth, definitely the youth, uh, since we all work with youth, um, and maybe to your family. Um, let's do this real quick if we can. Um, I haven't heard from Joel or Thomas uh, for a while. Uh, yeah, we can start with them and then we can close. So how about Thomas? You have any word of encouragement to the people around you? Sorry, um, Joel, <laughs> if you can handle this, if you can answer real quick. Sorry, something just came up that was really important. It's the bank that's calling right now. I had someone come up. Maybe All a few right. Minutes. How about you, Joel? Any yeah. words of encouragement? You're on mute. Okay. I don't think he heard it. Uh, Joe, you're on mute, man. Yeah, we can't hear you. There you go. Okay. Okay. Um, the other day we were talking about, uh, you know, the, the economics. You know, is that part of the uh, part of the problem as well? And uh, the other day I was looking for a quote by uh, Stephen Hawking that I had just remembered, and the, the funny thing was it was given at the 2015 World Economic uh, Forum. And he says, um, we're here together, and we need to live together with tolerance and respect. And we must become global citizens, because our only boundaries are the way we see ourselves, and the only borders are the way we see each other. But there's more to it, but um, basically he just goes on to say, you know, uh, be kind to one another. We're all just time travelers traveling into the future together. And let us make that place a, you know, a future, a place we want to visit. So just to remember that, you know, keep pushing through and uh, things work out in the end eventually. Awesome. Push through, things will work out eventually. Uh, what about you, Thomas? Uh, any word of encouragement? Any sayings or anything like that that you rely on you want to pass through, pass on? Yeah. I think during these times, there's a lot of, I mean, it feels there's a lot of uncertainty, especially with these times, what's happening out there. Um, but it has shown us as like human beings to remember that we are all gentle and to Care, care for one another and that we all have to rely on one another in order to get um, get through this um, it has shown us that you know especially with like um, like um, relying and caring for your family members those 
cherishing each other because, you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. So just really remember to always cherish each other and always stay positive. We'll get through this. Awesome. Uh, cherish each other, stay positive. Celeste, uh, any positive uh, quotes, words that you want to pass on to people? I agree with Joel and Thomas's care. Be kind to each other and be open-minded. You know, be willing to open your mind to change. Be willing to open your mind to new ways, to learning and building a relationship with someone maybe you never thought in your life you would. Um, you know, like learning culture, learning history. That was a big topic in our last discussion was embracing history, knowing the true history. Don't take everything for granted, but yeah, like just open, be open-minded, but with compassion and with kindness. Awesome. Um, Savannah, any quick positive words that you want to pass on? In college, when I was learning about the realities of the world and I had my first existential crisis um, because I just felt so helpless that there was so much going on and so little I could do, a friend of mine told me that I might not be able to change the world, but I can, I can change somebody's world. And that goes back into what everyone else shared about um, kindness and empathy and just being there for people to listen, to support. So um, I'd like to pass that on to anyone else who's listening who might be having an existential crisis about the world. Um, you may not change the whole world, but you can change somebody's world. And that is a lot. That's awesome. I like that. What about you, Toa? Yeah, any positive... Um words you want to pass pass on yeah one thing i always uh, think about is just uh, remembering you become what you give yourself the power to be so learning what your disciplines are and you know whether it's traditional personal you know um, all those things are going to be part of what you use in your daily your daily lives but you got to remember to also slow down you're not going to master the rest of your life in one day, but, you know, master today, then keep doing that every day. So, you know, one of the things I like to think about is um, making sure that your days that um, you wake up the sun outnumber the days the sun wakes you up, just so that you learn what that time of the day means, you know, and as you cycle through the day, you find that clarity and that understanding of what's around you, ground yourself, and then create your different uh seedlings of what you want to pursue, if it's activism, if it's uh, healing, if it's all the different ways and journeys that we find um, ourselves on. It's it's just a matter of take each day for what it is and then get ready for the next day. Make sure you rest, you know, because each day is a race and each day is a good day for a race. So uh, make sure you prepare yourself for it and um, get ready for it. All right. Thank you. Um, I would also just add uh, the big word, hope. There's always hope out there, right? Um, I think that's um, 
big human aspect that we have is hope. Um, as as Savannah said, to whoever, to whoever, you know, whoever's listening to this, you might not change the world, but you might change somebody's world. I love that quote. Um, to the kindness and compassion and support, uh, being prepared. Um, I just want everybody out there who might be listening to this is that um, you are loved. Um, you might not, somebody might not tell you that, but we're telling you that now you are loved. Um, and we care. Um, and we all are human beings in this world. And that um, together, we only can get through this together. And we cannot get it, we cannot get through it alone. Um, so with that being said, we just hope that um, our words, um, our knowledge from vast different um, uh, backgrounds will help you uh, through these trying times. Uh, we want to say we appreciate the fact that you're listening to us and uh, giving us this time. I want to say thank you to all that um, gave up their, their time. You know, we got people in Hawaii who's three hours away from us. Um, and the time's up four hours. Oh, man. So it's early where they're at. And they just, um, you know, they got up because they wanted to be a part of this. Uh, I want to say thank you to, for an individual, you know, Savannah, Joel, Joel, uh, Tola, uh, Celeste, Thomas. We want to say thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Connect With Friends. We definitely will be back um, maybe with a different topic, maybe with the same people. Um, and just uh, always we thank you for the support thank you for listening and does anybody have anything else to say you can say bye peace out I got that. see you all yeah, <laughs> alright thank you